Welcome to episode 10 of As You Were Saying. In this episode, we talk about pickleball, trivia, and a whole lot more about black holes. All right, you good? Yep, I'm good. I'm recording. All right. Um, Let me turn on Skype here. almost forgot. Don't forget. Yeah. Never forget. There we go. So I'm going to avoid legal snags by telling you that you're being recorded. (laughs) Thank you. Right, right. Right, right. Um, So, right. Well, hello, Aaron. Hello, Gordon. What are you drinking? I am once again drinking my wife's homemade tea. Is it? Wait. Iced tea. Iced tea. Not peach tea, because that's not... Your wife doesn't make that. That's it is. Oh, it is. It it includes peach tea. It's I see three three parts black tea and one part peach tea. Mm, That does sound very refreshing. It is. It's it's really good. And what are you drinking? I am drinking plain sparkling water. Very boring, but very very refreshing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Last time you had a pretty fancy. um, What what was it called again? Uh, Lacroix. Yeah, the Lacroix. That's right. The Lacroix. Yeah, it, it has a bunch of other words that go along with it, but I can't remember what those words are. So we'll just go with Lacroix. I can't remember. I, the flavor may have been lime. I'm not sure. Okay, I th- I think I've had that one before. Well, I know I've had Lacroix before. I can't remember if I've had the lime one, but um, they've they've all been pretty good. From yeah, they're the very point. tasty. Though I have to say, I like. I think the plain is probably my favorite. Oh really? I yeah, I like it a lot. I just I love the bubbles. I just want the bubbles. That's all. No, don't don't get in the way of my bubbles. <laughs> You're like the uh, the fish in Finding Nemo. Bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. Aren't they all fish in Finding Nemo? No, there's a particular one. Oh, in the, right. In the tank, that's obsessed with the bubbles in the tank. And there's a turtle. Or a, there's there? a tur- the turtle. There is a turtle, or maybe a tortoise. That's it is not in the tank with that. Fish, oh, though. right, right. It's just when you say it's like the fish in Finding Nemo. I guess you meant the fish in Finding Nemo who's obsessed with bubbles. Yes, I did. I see. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Well, I'm easily confused. It's a problem. <laughs> well, it's good to clarify these things. It is. I think it helps. Um, learning every day. That's that's what we're all about. That's the theme of this podcast. It kind of is a theme. And <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we do just that. And we try at least. We do. We do. Educating educating others by educating ourselves. Yeah. Well, speaking of learning, I've taken up a new sport. Oh wait, what is that? Is it is it cribbage? It is is cribbage a sport? No, I don't think it is. I think it's a card game. Yeah. Well uh, but then that raises the question are what is a sport? But we can we can bracket that, that for now. Yeah, so. that's a long uh, <laughs> yeah. that's a long and much debated question. It is. So what, what is this? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, especially where esports are concerned. Oh, yeah, that is correct. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yes, I've taken up pickleball. I, I, I am speechless. <laughs> I don't, I, I've got, I got nothing. What? Are you familiar with pickleball? I am not. What is oh. pickleball? Pick, pickleball is uh, kind of similar. I think that's closest to tennis. Um, the differences is the court is smaller. You play with a wooden um, paddle, a wooden paddle instead of a tennis type racket, and then the ball is more of like a big wiffle ball. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, 
the ball doesn't move that fast i take it right it's it's not nearly as fast i mean it it can still get going but it's not like a tennis ball where you right. can really just lob that thing um now how did you get into pickleball uh, well where i live is a lot of people i know play it and um there's a pretty big retirement community here and pickleball is sort of a favorite of the retirement community so probably because it's it's not quite as demanding as tennis as far as running around the court. Um, and I think generally it ends up being played with doubles. So you're running even less if you're playing with doubles. I, um, so, yeah. So something you could play the rest of your life, I take it. Yeah, I could. I could, unless I have some kind of in- injury that would prevent me from doing so. Right. Sure, sure. Um, but that's good. It's good to have sports that you can play. I mean, like active full body sports you can play the rest of your life. Uh, staying active is really important. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit better than uh, shuffleboard, which I haven't played yet, but I know there's not too much movement in that one. Uh, oh, you said not yet. Is that is that on your calendar? <laughs> it's, I'm sure at some point I'll play shuffleboard. Like Tuesday, ribbage. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, uh, pickleball. <laughs> Thursday, shuffleboard. <laughs> and then knitting. And then knitting, yeah. Wonderful. That oh, well, that's really cool. Pickle. Why? So why is it called pickleball? I really don't know. I, I have to look up the history of the name. That's so interesting. What? Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, now, do you have your own equipment? Did you do some research and you know go pick up a pickleball set or? We uh, actually does... got. It was part of our my Christmas present. It was a shared Christmas present, actually. Oh, okay. So between myself, my brother-in-law, and my father-in-law. We have two paddles and three balls. Nice. Yeah. So how does that work if you all want to play at the same time? Do you sort of toss the paddle between each other? <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet. That, that situation has not arose, so we haven't had to worry about that quite or yet. One, or one person plays uh, all-time defense and just runs around with their <laughs> hands up? I, I could just use my hands as paddles. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um. Man, so pickleball. Now, do you do you belong to like a pickleball club where you go play pickleball with other club members? No, not yet. However, I have been invited to a tournament. Oh, that's. I mean, is this because of how good you are at pickleball? Are you, no. I mean, did you just pick <laughs> no. it up naturally? It, this is not at all based on my skill. It's mainly because uh, one of the couples at my church has a pickle, pickleball court at their home, and they wanted to start a tournament, and they heard that I was going to start playing pickleball so they invited me that's so interesting i mean okay so let me let me get this straight so you have a court that is smaller than a tennis court what what is the floor of the court made from is it does it vary like it does in tennis or is there like a standard material no it's it's the same as a tennis court in that sense oh so it can vary so it can be like clay or yeah asphalt or whatever you i think you can turn if you just paint the lines in the right spots, you can turn a tennis court into two pickleball courts. Okay. But there's no regulation about material. Not that I know of. Okay. As long as it's a hard surface. I like, see. Like concrete or something. Okay. Um, and then, so there's a net? Yes, there's a net. Are there men in sunglasses and shorts that sit in towers um, on either side of the net and yell things when you do something wrong? not no okay. <laughs> not that i've seen okay i was just curious um and so the p- 
paddles are wooden. No, are they the size? I take it they're bigger than ping pong paddles, right? They are. Okay, but they're but they're that style, so there's no nylon. Right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, they they don't have to be wooden. There's like composite things like that, but okay, like like fiberglass ones. And then the ball. When you say wiffle ball, you're talking about a what is it, like a plastic ball with all like little holes in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man, that's so interesting. Pickleball. Yeah. And actually, one of the difficult parts of the game is you have to keep track of not only the score, of course, but also uh, which, if you're playing teams, which team member is serving because um, each each side serves twice. So I like if it was my serve and then I, I end up losing the serve, um, then my other teammate would serve before it goes back to the other side. I see. Okay. Well, so then how, okay, how does the scoring work? Is it like uh, tennis? It, or? it goes to first team to 11 wins, and you have to beat the other side by two. I see. Okay. And you just keep it with this serve rotation until that time? Yeah. Okay. What's your highest score? Uh, I've Well, I've only played once so far. <laughs> But oh, and you've already been invited to a tournament. You, yeah, I know. <laughs> that is amazing. I and did got- actually. So when we played, uh, we we only had three of us. One of the guys couldn't make it, and so we just kind of did a like a round robin or a um, what's it cutthroat? I guess you could call it where it's one versus two, and we just rotated around. Um, but I did actually win against the two other guys who have more experience than me. So yeah, that's something. That's awesome. Now, yeah. were they intimidated because you're a famous podcaster? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> I see. So you didn't, um, you know, uh, oh, my words are escaping me, but you didn't flaunt your, uh, your like your reputation and like, like the weight, the weight of your reputation didn't crush them. And, and, and so then you won by default because they just quit. No, there, okay. there was no uh, crushing reputation in this case. Okay. That doesn't seem like something you would do, but I wanted to check anyways. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good to ask. But uh, no, there was, uh, I'm not intimidating at all, I believe. <laughs> I I want you to find out why it's called pickleball. That's your okay. homework. Okay, I'll look that up. I'm curious. I mean, so this is, I mean, this is a big, is this a big thing in other parts of the country? Or is this just like where you live? No, I, th- I think it's actually, um, it's actually becoming pretty popular from what I've heard. So even even amongst younger crowds now too. Is it is this a United States thing or did it originate elsewhere? I I would just be making it up if if I told you, but okay. my my guess is that it's a United States thing. Gotcha. I didn't know if it came over from Sweden or something to that effect. It's it's possible. Again, I'd yeah. have to look it up. Right. Right. Okay. Well, wow. That's that is really cool. I, I can't say that I have learned any new sports recently, but that that sounds like fun. The closest thing for me would be trivia. I've been playing a lot of trivia lately, and I love it. Are you doing the... Uh, what kind of trivia is it? It's it's where you go to a bar, and you, yeah. Yeah, you sit around, and they ask questions, and you answer them. And you like have a... We do it. So I guess this is my, my first experience with trivia. Um, I guess you sometimes have a little device where you key in your answer. But here, there's someone who I think is a radio DJ in his oh. off time. And 
you know, he's, you know, just sits in the corner and there are some screens, you know, in the dining area and at the bar and stuff. And you, you know, they, the court, you know, he, he talks and makes little jokes and then we'll, you know, throw a question up and he reads it and it's multiple choice. You write down your answer and then you, um, take, take your answer. You know, someone runs it to the front and you have to get it there within like a couple minutes and he puts a timer up when you're running out of time. And that's, that's how it goes. That sounds pretty cool. And that it's um, probably makes it even better that it's run by a professional. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, he, yeah, he does a really good job and it's super fun. Just really nice time to get together and like hang out. Um, You know, it's, it's a nice like excuse to gather and, you know, you don't have to get food necessarily. You don't even have to get a drink if you don't want to. And so you, it's, it's not super expensive. Um, so like lately I've just gotten five wings and I go order my five wings and you know, it's like five bucks and we, you know, hang out, talk, try and answer questions and strategize about how to use our points. Cause there are certain double down questions where you can double your uh, points, yeah. but if you get it wrong, you lose all your points. Ooh. So you have to be careful. Um, yeah, we had an interesting, I, Oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say high risk, high reward. Yeah, but sometimes you have to risk, otherwise you're giving up any chance of winning. So if you're right. in the, yeah, if you get first through third, you get, uh, you get prize, you get like a gift certificate and to the to the bar, which is pretty nice. Oh, that so, is nice. Yeah, and so then you can use that to, like, we'll use that to to continue to return and play because um, we're we're actually pretty good. Now, is it this is a team thing? It is. So who? Do you, you discuss the answer together and then one person chooses? Um, yeah. Well, we usually choose based on consensus. Okay. So there's not, we don't have a team leader. It's never been an issue. Usually we can come to a consensus and then someone runs it up there. Very nice. Yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. great. It is great. So have you won a few times then? Oh, yeah. Cool. And, they're, and it's usually pretty epic. Um, there's some really, really bright people on the team i don't contribute very much because you know <laughs> so it's, wait so it's so a you're telling me that but you're telling yeah. me that your um your podcast experience is not intimidating to your team members it's not not at all <laughs> oh yeah i i sometimes try and crush the other teams with the weight of my reputation <laughs> um but it it doesn't it doesn't ever work <laughs> so <laughs> not yet anyway no no but we have so we have this one guy who i kid you not he can answer any question about the presidency of the united states and can identify any flag and it is incredible so we won several weeks ago we won because we were able to double our final score like our on the final question we were able to double our score because this obscure flag was the the question was just what republic does this flag uh, belong to and he he just sat there and he's like well it's not this because that's not a republic and then went through and he's like oh it's definitely this I should have known that from the beginning and I'm just like whatever that looks like a made up flag to me like <laughs> like this it's like this is a prank uh, but there's no I mean he's I think I don't think he's ever gotten a flag question wrong that it's awesome that really amazes me and that's that's kind of a impressive skill that I don't know where else it would be useful other than in this trivia game. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm I'm also assuming 
you're saying he can answer every question about the presence of the United States. I assume you mean the band in this case. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> like their top hits, you know, right. who the members of the bands are, if they've ever rotated right. out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how many, uh, how many peaches there are? So <laughs> and how many peaches, Millions. how many, yeah. The ratio between peaches and ninjas. <laughs> um, and, uh, and all about little dune buggies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's something else. I mean, he, these questions. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just have no idea a lot of times. I mean, there were, yeah, there, we've gotten all sorts of different weird questions. There was the only one I knew had to do with, I think George Washington and it had to do with him. Like the clue had to do with him being from Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. And I knew George Washington was from Mount Vernon. So I, I knew that one. Yeah. But beyond that, I'm pretty ignorant about these things. So I, I just know the basics. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's really, really something else. I mean, so yeah, they'll get like all the flag questions, the president of the United States, and then I'll know the questions about Soundgarden. And that's, yeah, that's about the only way I'm useful. Oh, and what? Counting ca- crows. Well, there, well, there haven't been any counting crows questions, oh. <laughs> but I would get those. Um, I did get a question about, oh man, it escapes me now. Oh, that's right. It was what movie did Nicolas Cage win an Academy Award for? And it's leaving Las Vegas. I got that. Uh. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, really enjoy it. That's my new, I guess that's, that's my new sport. Well, I'll just pretend like that's a sport. Well, for the sake of this podcast, we'll call it a sport. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. So for the sake of this podcast, we'll just define sport as what everyone else means by sport and trivia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Whatever we do for fun that we choose to call a sport. Yeah, that too. That too. Um, so speaking of, I f- let me give you a little history on pickleball here. Okay. It was invented in 1965 on Bainbridge Island, which is a short ferry ride from Seattle, Washington. And as far as the name goes, well, it was invented by three dads whose kids were bored with their usual summer activities. Um, so the name pickleball, I guess there's two, um, two differing stories here about where the name come, came from. Uh, one is one of the, one of the wives or one of the wives of the guys who made it says, uh, she started calling it pickleball because of the combination of different sports remind her of the pickle boat in crew where oarsmen were chosen from the leftovers of other boats. So it's sort of, I guess it's referring to how the game is cobbled together from different games. And then the other story is that it was named after one of the dogs whose name was Pickles. And he would often, (laughs) he would chase the ball and run off with it. (laughs) So they named it Pickleball. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like the game then should involve a dog that steals the ball. And that's part of the sport. (laughs) I I think so too. It it makes me think it's more like a, uh, like a Harry Potter kind of a sport. Oh, right, right a dog roaming the game and, and you have to watch out for him cause he'll grab the ball and run off. But yeah, that is super funny. Yeah. Um, so it's all American. There we go. All American pastime mm-hmm. pickleball. Well, should we move on to some listener feedback? Is, yes. it, is it that time of the show? It It's that time of the show. So our feedback has to do with black holes. And I just want to say something before we get into this. Um, do go ahead well so my yeah 
so my comments about black i i was sort of embarrassed when i listened back to the podcast again i think i was nervous because we had a guest on and i typically get nervous when podcasting because i i don't know why but i do and i, I was do disappointed. Too, so it's okay yeah <laughs> i was disappointed i was like dang it why did i say all those things um specifically i seem to be confused about mass and density and i don't know why um anyways i so i just wanted to register that uh anyone who sent us feedback i understand and i am sorry that i spoke so poorly about black holes uh, <laughs> but thankfully it looks like listener jimmy uh, wrote in with some uh some pretty fun uh feedback and corrections about and answers about black holes and so yes, yeah so jimmy take it to away. the rescue again that's right and and uh, yeah, hopefully not too many black holes were offended by our ignorance. I really hope not. We take these things really seriously. So we, tr- we try to, yeah. Since we sincerely apologize. <laughs> we do. From the bottom of our, our black holeish hearts. Black hole hearts? <laughs> black hole hearts. <laughs> All right. So Jimmy says, uh, once again, we've talked about something relevant to his life experiences and interests here. So he says he reads a lot of astrophysics books and he knows a thing or two about black holes. Uh, so he's, he gave me a quick uh, BH101 rundown here. And uh, let's see. As far as how big the black hole is, um, physics suggests that it's a single point and therefore does not have an actual size. Um, when we talked about uh, how massive it is, the answer is that it's as massive as the dead star was plus anything that's been crushed into it by gravity uh, minus any radiation that was lost in the process so that's the mass of the black hole um, he says the more interesting bit is how dense it is because a black hole has a lot of mass and almost no size its density is determined to be infinite or as near to that as we can comprehend um, so he gives an analogy here uh, the single point of a black hole is called a singularity and if that's your infinitely small house then the event horizon is like a wall around your property a wall that will never let sorry will never let you leave the property ever again and you kind of use the same analogy too when you're explaining it to me Um, so the term black hole refers to both the single point and the whole thing the outer um let's see the outer uh singularity or the the inner outer and outer eh he says well i think um yeah, so I'm not sure what the outer and inner event horizon is. Yeah, event but, horizon, right. Yeah, but so the the yeah. the the edge of the her- event horizon and the singularity are both considered the black hole. Um, and so, um, so when a black hole grows, it's the singularity is the same, but the event horizon is actually what increases. And um, let's see what else. It, he Jimmy says that it's measured by radius. Um, that's apparently that's the, the most accurate way to measure is, is through the radius of the black hole or, or using the radius of the black hole. Um, and then this is something that he, uh, relayed to me that I hadn't really thought about or realized. Um, but he, he says, so if I was to cross over the event horizon feet first, I'd be stretched like spaghetti as the pool on my feet is stronger than that of my head. And it would take all of me, uh, who I've been stretched out to atoms at this point, um, 10 to 20 microseconds to reach the center of the singularity. And uh, considering how big 
that area is, um, it's like my whole body covering the full distance of, um, of our solar system, three times our solar system uh, in a matter of, in less than a second. Yeah, so, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty wild. It's like, yeah, it's just mind-blowing. I can't even really picture think, how that works exactly. I, I think that's called spaghetti, spaghettigation. There's some <laughs> word for it. Um, really? Yeah, for what happened. Yeah, because of the tidal forces of the gravity. Um, it, you know, you think of like tides, you know, that's of course result the result of the moon's gravity yes. affecting. Yeah, so you have tidal forces in black holes and yeah, they spaghetti, spaghettiize you or spaghettify you or something like that. But there's, yeah, there's like a technical term um, about what he's what he's talking about. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's wild to think that gravity could be so strong somewhere that it causes something to move three times the length of our solar system in in less than a second yeah no it's it's really wild um it's so no of course you know some some black holes spin um some Mm. are still so i guess the ones that spin it's not the singularity isn't a point it's a circle yeah and yeah right and so it has a size, but has no volume. And so no singularity has a volume. Um, but all that to say, I, I can't, that's, that's so hard to comprehend what, it what it is for anything with mass to have no volume is wild. I mean, this is the whole, you know, um, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like these things are in like cartoons or mm-hmm. whatever, but you have the, the person that, you know, they're, they're completely flat. And so they turn sideways and they disappear. Yeah. And because they have no volume, right? That's that's okay for a cartoon. I don't like that being in space. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's just like my mind can't wrap around the idea of how how can it have more mass if there's no volume? Like where where is all that mass? What's it? How is it condensed in a single point? Which even the concept of a single point is sort of hard to comprehend. No, it is. I mean, it's wild. Um, it's yeah. I mean, and and these things you can try and sort of motivate motivate them using lines and planes and different things, but it's tough. I mean, that's sort of just like pushing the problem down um, down the corridor. I mean, because you, I, I can't comprehend you know a mathematical line any better than I can a point. Mm-hmm. And same with a plane. Um, I can comprehend three dimensional objects. That seems fine. But once you start removing dimensions. I can understand them mathematically, but it's difficult to understand them, to, to grasp um, any kind of uh, interaction with them. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I do take, so, okay. So it's hard for me to comprehend, but just to be clear, I do take these sorts of entities to exist. So you think about the border between two states. I do take there to be a border there that has no volume. Um, that's just a line and yeah um so it has no width either so it's just just a line just length and um but it's these sorts of entities i think come into existence when we sign certain documents that say like okay this is now the boundary of georgia and alabama or something and i think they're genuine entities because you cross them and you get you get fined and the, the laws change and stuff like that um, but they're not, they're not naturally occurring entities. Right. There's something that we created and 
defined ourselves. Right, right. Um, and and though what I'm saying is really commonsensical, it's still when you really get down to it, it's going to be kind of controversial, and people are going to disagree about whether those are the really existing things or not. These boundaries. Um, but regardless, the black hole is this naturally occurring thing that is missing dimensions. <laughs> it's just wild. Yeah. It's, it just seems to me like there are places where the universe has broken. I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, that is one of the side effects. So when you have, so as, so this is something I don't quite understand. Um, you know, I, I know, here's what I, I do understand. And I, I tried to say this last time and I butchered it. Hopefully I won't butcher it this time. But as the star collapses, um, the the object that is collapsing becomes increasingly dense. And as Jimmy mm-hmm. pointed out, um, it it continues to become more and more dense until it, it becomes a single single point or just like a circle and is theorized to be infinitely dense at that point. Um, which is, which is just wild. So I think I used the yeah. term mass last time instead of density. Cause I was just, I don't know. I, I was gonna say I was a cheese head, but then I'm going to upset people, uh, who are green Bay Packer fans, but whatever I was, uh, I was, I was being silly. Um, but yeah, so you, you, so you have this thing that's infinitely dense and you know, gravity is proportional to mass. Um, so what confuses me a little bit is how you get this increase in gravity and I, I sort of get it. So it's, you know, how much gravity, so gravity is going to be proportional to the mass you have, but then the gravity on the surface of an object is going to be related to how close you are to the center of that object. And so when you have something that's, that lacks these extra dimensions, something like center is going to lose, well, it's, you're, you're going to be, I guess, I don't know. You're not really going to be able to measure from this. You're going to be like infinitely close to the center or something like that. So my, so what confuses me then is this relationship between the the density of the object and the gravity. And since the, the singularity is just a point, you know, there's this question of, well, how close are we to the center of the object when we're on its surface? Um, I take it as related um, in, in figuring out the the surface gravity uh, surface and you know scare quotes here since we're talking about a singularity mm-hmm. and uh so yeah i i have trouble understanding that relationship um but because uh since you don't i mean if mass and gravity are what are at issue here so or so i'm sorry if the gravity is dependent upon the mass um you know obviously the, the star before it becomes a black hole should have a similar effect as the black hole but that's that's not true it doesn't um and so something happens as the density increases and what again I, th- I think what happens has to do with um this increase in the the surface gravity of the object so um but i don't i don't understand how that works for instance yeah. i don't yeah i mean if you took my sparkling water can and you you know condensed it into a singularity would it would would it have a similar effect yeah. as a collapsed star yeah um, that's a good question because um, it's if, because it becomes infinitely dense right 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 um so that's that's something i'm not completely clear on jimmy maybe you can clear that up if you if you happen to know more analogies for that um but yeah really that, crazy. that is a good point though i hadn't really thought about that 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 the star doesn't have an event horizon um in its 
its mass doesn't seem, I don't think its mass changes or it doesn't change significantly. It's just been collapsed to a single point uh, when it happens. Right, right. So my, my best guess at what's going on here, so I, so I guess, you know, you can understand gravity as a warping of space-time. And so, and then things that are falling, I'm sorry, um, my Skype just did something really funny. Did you message me? No, I didn't. It sent that late. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technical difficulties here. Um, Continue. Listen, you may or may not be aware, listeners, but our show cut off in the middle. It may be edited out. So might this. Yes. Um, and we had to start over. Well, not start over, but start from where we left off. So, okay. So something like this. So you think of, all right. So why does, um, all right. So why do we, why do we stick to the earth? Well, because of gravity, right? Well, how does this work? So from what I understand, the way this works is things that are, the more massive something is, the um, more slowly that thing sort of falls, falls through time and space. And the less massive, the less slowly it falls through time and space. And so we fall more slowly through time and space than the earth does because we're so much smaller. And thus we, um, we, we stick to the earth because we're falling faster. And so if you think of, this is hard to do, but if you think of all of three-dimensional space as, as all falling um, together, <laughs> and if you imagine, right, so then, uh, <laughs> this is so tough. Um, it is. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to be falling a lot more quickly than the earth is. Um, and so we're going to, going to be sticking to it so you can think of the center of the earth and we're all everything's falling into the center of the earth mm-hmm. and the earth itself is falling more slowly than we are and so we we um stick to the surface like you know like you're falling out of a plane and you're uh you know you're you're you know you're gonna surf through the air as like a some adrenaline junkie uh, before you pull your parachute and your your surfboard you know because of its um uh because of its shape, you know, has more wind resistance than you do. And so it falls more slowly right. than you do. So then you, you're able to stick to the top of your surfboard. Um, basically the same thing that's happening, um, in water, except that has to do with surface tension and things as well. Right. Right. So, so here we're falling through time and space and, you know, uh, falling very fast and the earth, not so fast. And so you stick. Um, okay. So then, so then gravity is going to be, when something produces gravity, it, it creates this effect where it falls more slowly. And this is because of the way it warps space-time. So then just my like pseudo-physics, like whatever, <laughs> is something like this. You know, you have all of these little pieces of matter, um, these little units of mass, and they're all warping space-time. And when you bring them close together, um, they they then collectively warp space-time. And so you get, you have the individual warping and then you bring them together. And then those two objects, um, as they get closer together, create more, more space-time warping, which, which makes them fall more slowly through this, you know, space-time elevator shaft or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well then, as, as you continue to grab little units of mass and put them together, the, the amount of space-time space-time warping in that location begins to increase. And so you don't have any increase in gravity per se, but you do have an increase 
in gravity at a location. And so I'll say it using the warping, you don't have any increase in warping, but you have more warping in a single location. Um, and so you might think of, uh, let's say we're all throwing rocks in the pond into different parts of the pond and you get ripples, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if we were to take all of the rocks, we're all, we, we end up throwing like a thousand rocks, little tiny rocks. Um, well, if we put all of those rocks together, you're going to get a much larger uh, ripple than you do with the individual rocks. Um, but it might be that if you were to measure all the individual ripples and, and some, you know, uh, add them together, you have something similar in size. Now, that's probably not true. You know, there, there's a lot of factors here, but just roll with it. Um, roll with the analogy. Okay. Um, you, you, have, you have all the little ripples from all the little rocks, and then you put all the rocks together, and you get this giant, you know, you know this massive ripple. Um, f- for the sake of illustration, just imagine that the massive ripple isn't really, is not larger than the sum of the small ripples. Um, we might have some something similar here, a similar analogy here with gravity to, at least it's, it's helping me understand maybe what's going on with black holes, where the individual warping of space-time, yeah, those are all all well and good, little small warpings. I'm warping space-time, you're warping space-time with your mass. Um, but when you start getting more things in the same location, you, you get this one, you start to grow this like massive warp. A, a collective warp collective warping of space-time right and so then as this warping increases that that collection of mass is gonna fall more slowly which means everything else is gonna is gonna stick to it as it falls more quickly down the elevator shaft and so then as this you have a star you you begin with a star that is just i don't know enormous i mean i don't know what what to say and there's there's tons of mass there but the 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 warping of space time is spread out as well but then as it collapses and all the mass gets closer together the warping increases uh, the 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 war you have the same warping but the i'm sorry the but the location of the warping becomes more centralized as the mass gets all closer together and and so you end up with what what was you know a ripple distributed over a large area you now have a ripple in a really small area and that that ripple in that small area is going to be massively powerful and so that's that's my 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 that's that's you're my very, attempt somewhat, to do some physics here yeah convoluted confusing uh, <laughs> analogy right I, I get what you're saying though yeah um i i'm i'm just curious as far as like do, does that all equal out where the the same thing that is essentially happening over a larger space um, is is happening just in just because everything is confined to such a small space. That's why the effects look so much more extreme. Yeah, that's right. I want to get some clarity on that. I'll I'll do some homework and try and get some clarity later, and maybe yeah. Jimmy can uh, chime in um, with with some analogies or citations. Um, I guess yeah, it's so cool. Uh, this whole space-time warping thing is insane. Um, rel- yeah. You know, general relativity is crazy. Yeah. So we we talked a little bit about this beforehand, but I I'd like you to look up to in, in the ergosphere, which I think only happens around a black hole that's spinning. But um, and what's happening in that because it's different from the event horizon, 
but it is a space where or a place where space time is warping in unusual ways. Yeah, I have no idea what the ergosphere is, other than okay. it's a place where nothing can stand still. That's, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's crazy. Um, yeah, this stuff, this stuff is so cool. So, just so something else that's interesting. I thought this is where Jimmy was going when he talked about entering a black hole feet first. Um, but so again, the more I, massive. It personally, oh, I I like to dive head in. But that's just me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, me too. I don't know. I use a remote control to send my spaceship <laughs> in by itself. Right, 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 right. Um, so right as yeah, so as you get closer to something that's massive, you you know you're you're traveling through this this warped space time, and this changes the way you move through time relative to other objects, and so as we get closer to something that's that's massive we slow down um in terms of how quickly we're falling through the elevator shaft in, in relation to other objects falling falling through the shaft and so um interestingly I mean, what that what that amounts to is from our perspective when getting closer to a black hole things that are far away from the black hole are going to appear um to to move through time more quickly than we are yeah and so as you approach the event horizon um every you know if you were able to use your you know your space-time telescope to look out across uh, you know across space uh everything should start to speed up and you'll see you know stars born and die and you know world wars and like all this stuff going on and once you hit the black hole i or hit the i'm sorry hit the event horizon i think you should like theoretically um, witness the end of the universe or something like that. I don't know. Wow. Or, or something, something wild, like, uh, you know, infinite time going by, I don't know, which I don't even know what that means, but, but, um, but and here time, I go. I'm going to, we're going to get more feedback. So yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah. People telling me I'm, I'm saying this all wrong, which I probably am, but that's just, just my just best attempt. Um, but it's, you'll, you'll actually see the and, beginning. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to look into this more, try and do some homework, try and, there we Come go. The so better explanations that um, are yeah, but it's just it's just crazy in some way. It's just crazy stuff. All right. So, well, I would appreciate that. There we and go. I'm sure the listeners yeah. would too. And uh, um, all right. Yeah, I think well, is that, we is that we had, didn't holes? really have any extra topics that, that, that we got to, but I'm fine with that for now. I, I think this was uh, this is pretty we'll, good we'll for pin this one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So short and sweet. Yeah. Well, Aaron, it is always a pleasure. Yes, indeed, Gordon. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye.